Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, well, hey, good morning, church. It's so glad, so glad to be with you today on this Sunday in August. Man, we are uh, uh, so blessed to live in the Northwest, right? I mean, it's gorgeous outside and so, man, I'm excited to be here. I am pumped. I'm feeling good. I'm caffeinated. Uh, man, I'm just full of the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you name it. I'm, I'm excited. So, hey, thanks for joining us today as we come into your living room live. We are live. And so thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, we're continuing our series that we started last week. It's a three-part series entitled when you. But before we get to the, uh, the word today, I just want to say a huge thank you to our worship team. Man, we just have phenomenal uh, praise and worship here at Church for All Nations, and we have so many that are a part of that dream team. And so today, man, I was just like overwhelmed uh, with just uh, the presence of God through uh, this worship. And so uh, thank you guys. I appreciate that. And you saw that advertisement for uh, something that we do here twice a year corporately here at Church for All Nations, and that is it's a season, a 21-day season of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you, I know it was kind of a long advertisement, but I just want to reiterate, this is huge for us. And as we move into the fall season, man, we got to hear from God. We have to hear from God. We have to stop talking and start listening, right? I'm talking to myself. I want to, I want to hear what he has for us uh, during this unique season. And I want to encourage you this coming Sunday, uh, tell your friends who haven't been able to log on or tune in uh, recently, because we're going to be talking about teaching on the power of fasting. In my opinion, this is a lost dis- spiritual discipline in the church. It's, it's not talked about enough. And Jesus was clear about the power of fasting, how it unlocks another, almost another dimension, right, of spiritual connection with him and what he wants to do. And so I encourage you, make sure you're tuning in this Sunday uh, as we talk about fasting. But today, for a couple of minutes here, as we lead up until next Sunday, as we lead up to September 8th, as we enter into a time of prayer and fasting, I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about prayer, which... In my opinion, the most important component of your faith is, number one, worship unto God. Uh, It's very clear. Scripture is clear that we are created. We are on planet Earth to worship God. That's why we're here. The second component is prayer. Because uh, you got to be able to communicate uh, with, with your God. And I want you to know today, my friend, He wants to communicate with you. That's the desire of his heart. And so I want to talk about prayer for a couple of minutes here. And I don't know, let's just be real. This is family time. Um, If you're like me, there's been seasons of my life where I've struggled with prayer. All right, I'm just being honest. Uh, And I think part of it was kind of how it started out, right? How how I was kind of taught to pray. Uh, and, And some of us, maybe you were like me, you grew up in Sunday school and or, you know, in a Christian home with, with Christ, maybe Christian parents, good-meaning good parents, they love you. Uh, and, and, and some of these prayers kind of get passed down, right? Uh, kind of traditional, generic prayers, if you will. And there was this one prayer that 
my mom and I would pray almost, almost every night. And it went like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I would pray that, oh man, all through the years. And finally, I got older. And I was praying that one night. And I thought to myself, man, I've been praying about death every night of my life. Why are we talking about death? In fact, the scripture says that once I say yes to Jesus, I'm already going to heaven. So why am I asking God if I die in my sleep that he would take me to heaven, man? I, I don't get it. So it's, it's just funny because I was uh, laughing with my mom about that not too long ago. I said, mom, man, why that prayer that now I like, like why, you know, we're praying about death every, man, the, the, the hope is not to die in my sleep, right? And so we got to laugh. I was like, why did we pray? She goes, I don't know. She was laughing. She's like, that's what I prayed when I was a little girl too. And so, you know, uh, so some of these prayers that we pray uh, just out of tradition that, that uh, I don't know, that, that, that we grew up with and then we kind of have an aha moment. Like, what's that all about? This always ha- this happens as well with, with, with uh, good meeting people. People that uh, want the best for whoever is sitting in front of them. And Ashley shared a story with me a couple of years ago. She got a phone call. She's sitting on the front row and she's like, oh, I know where you're going with this. She got a, she got a phone call uh, from a very uh, well-meaning girl and she was a young girl and she was just, she was in tears. She was sobbing. She was crying. And all that she could make out was, um, I don't want to give away my clothes. She, she kept saying that on the phone. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to give away my clothes. That's all, that's literally all that she could, she could make out. And then she was following it up with, all I want to do is God's will. So there was like this two-part thing going on. Ashley's trying to kind of listen through the phone. I don't want to give up my clothes. All I want to do is God's will. And as she stayed on the phone with her and talked through some of those, some of those uh, issues. Ash found out that this, this girl, this young girl, had been meeting with a Christian counselor. And this, this good, loving, kind Christian counselor uh, uh, was, was trying to help her through this season of her life. And she gave her a verse. And I want to read the verse. It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. This is what the Christian counselor, who would want, wants nothing more but just, just good for this young girl, this is the verse that, that she gave. And it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So she asked the counselor, like, what does this mean? Because... I really want to know what God's will is for my life. And so the, the Christian counselor said, well, you need a prayer closet. Like, like you, you got to get a prayer closet and you got to go in that prayer closet every day regularly and, 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 and just pray to God and he's going he's gonna to give you all of the answers. And, and the problem was this young girl lived in a really tiny apartment and her closet was really small. It was totally full of her clothes. And so she's calling Ashley saying, I don't, I don't want to get rid of all my clothes, but I know I want to do God's will, so i got to get a prayer closet. Right. And we, got, we were kind of laughing about that, but 
as we looked at that verse again, the question is, what does that verse really mean? What, what, is, what does this verse pertaining to prayer really mean? Does it mean that that young girl needed to just stop living her life and live in her prayer closet every single day and get rid of all of her clothes? No, that's not what that verse means whatsoever. It says, meaning pray in all of your situations. Pray during the good times, pray during the rough times. The goal is that prayer should, not, should, should be our first response and not our last resort. And I don't know if you're like me, man, during this season of pandemic, man, man, I need God's direction. And so that verse for me, and I know for you, means even that much more because, man, we've been walking through some difficult times right now. And, and so the scripture says, pray continually, even through the rough times, even through the pain and the heartache and sickness that we see all throughout our world right now. So today, just for a couple of minutes here, I want to look at scripture where Jesus himself, he, he gives us a model of prayer. And let me add, Jesus expects that we're praying. I mean, that's, that's the series. That's the name of this collection of talks. When you, he, he doesn't say if you pray. Here's, here's a few suggestions if you pray. He says, no, 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 when you pray, here's the blueprint for it. And it comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Now, I, this is a type of a teaching today that's a bit more, um, uh, I don't, maybe the word isn't inspirational. This is going to be like straight Bible kind of almost seminary-ish, if you will. This is like, this is gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna wanna write some of this stuff down. I have a lot of notes today and I want you to take these notes and, and, and apply them to your prayer life. I, I promise you, this is a great blueprint and it comes from Jesus himself. Let's go to the text, Matthew chapter six, starting in verse eight. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But, come on, just shout but from your, your man cave. But, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Now look at verse seven. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Aren't you thankful for that today? That we serve a God that knows everything, exactly the specifics, the stuff that you care about, he cares about. The, the, the stuff that you, don't, that you don't even know you're gonna need tomorrow, he already knows and he's, he, he is downloading those prayers into you so that you can recite them to him. It's an, it's an amazing, that's the type of love the Father has for you today. Now look at verse nine. Here's, here's the blueprint and then we're gonna kind of uh, peck away at this. Jesus says, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our 
debtors. Another translation says transgressions, right? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or, or the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. You may be familiar with this, and that's what we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is actually his blueprint for you and I that we can apply this passage to the specifics of what we're going through in our life. And it's his will that you pray this. And what I want to do here, I want to go line by line through what Jesus gave us. And I want to dissect together the outline that he gave us right here through prayer. Each line has a step that we can take and we can invest into our prayer lives and, and maximize our prayer, uh, our, our prayer life. And if we allow this outline to shape who we are, it'll almost become second nature. It's a beautiful thing. Um, let's start right at the top. Matthew 6, verse 9a. This is what it says. Jesus replied, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven. Here's the first step that I want to give you. And that is, Connect with God relationally. You see it on the screen there. Write that down. It's the first step. When you open up, when, you, when you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to I pray right now, the very first uh, way you should approach God in prayer is that you need to understand that we serve a God who desires relationship with us. And not just any kind of relationship. We serve a God who wants an intimate relationship with us. And so as you enter into your time of prayer, man, you've got to approach, you have to have the attitude. You have to be in a place where you uh, every time have a fresh perspective that you're getting ready to connect with God at a very relational level. This is different than other world faiths, right? This is totally different. We serve a God who desires to be intimate with you. He wants to know your thoughts. He wants, to, he wants you to express your thoughts, right? So that's the first step. And here's the thing. Who you're talking to matters. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. And it's imperative when we pray to connect with who God is to us. And, and you know, some of us, some of us approach approach prayer and approach God like he's Santa Claus. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe some of us, we, uh, we just meet with him once a year, you know? And then when we come to him, it's just like, God, I really need this. I really need that. Uh, will you hook me up with this? We, 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 like we think we're praying to the North Pole or something like that. Some, some of you approach God and prayer that uh, through a lens of uh, uh, t uh, tyranny, like, like, we're, like he's a tyrant up there and he's mad. And so we come to him, you know, from a place of fear and anguish and, ah, he's going to strike me down. He's, he's a tyrant type of a God. But what I want you to know is scripture is so clear about who God, who God wants to be to us. Okay. Look at this verse in Romans chapter eight. I have a lot of scripture today. So, so you may want to watch this again later, right? But just write, write these texts down, this text down on these notes. Romans 8 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. 
If you, sir, if you think when you pray to God, you're praying to a tyrant type God, my friend, it's quite the opposite. We serve a God that wants, wants to be looked at as a father, as a, as a, a loving father who loves his or her children to the point where we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, uh, my parents live in South Florida in, in the city of Miami. And in fact, the city of Miami, the neighborhood they live in, uh, I think the statistics for that neighborhood is like 95% Jewish. I mean, and not just Jewish, Orthodox Jewish. And Amber's sitting in the front row. She knows what I'm talking about. She spent some time in that neighborhood with my family. But man, I'm telling you, uh, on, uh, on, on Sabbath, on Saturday, you can just stand in, in my parents' driveway, and I'm telling you, by the hundreds Orthodox Jews are walking through the neighborhood to the synagogue every Saturday. And man, for years, I, I can remember, I, I, I knew when they'd be coming, right? It happened throughout the day. And so we'd be, we'd be standing on the front porch and here they come. And, and you know, it's, it's Miami, so it's like 97 degrees and 138% humidity, right? And, and these Orthodox Jews, the men come in and dressed in black and their big hats. And, and it, was just, it was just so... Uh, it was just an incredible sight to witness and see. And I'll never forget, man, so often I, I, I would hear little, little kids, little Jewish Orthodox kids screaming, Abba, Abba, right? And I would see these men turn around, right? And they'd open up their arms and these little Orthodox Jewish boys and girls, they'd, they'd come running to who? Abba, who? Their father. And these kids would run right to their, and their daddies would just pick them up and hold them. And sometimes, man, th those fathers who love their kids so much, they'd carry those babies all the way to the synagogue in their arms in a hundred degrees in wool jackets and hats, man. What is that all about? It's about intimacy. It's about a love that the father has for you, but not only has for you, he wants you to know that that's the way he wants you to approach him. Daddy, father, I'm a father. And so that's the first step that I want you to understand about who God is. God. We have to connect with God through prayer. First and foremost, relationally. Relationally. Let's go to the second part of that verse, 9b. Goes, Jesus says, goes on to say, hallowed be your name. That old English word means holy. Holy is your name. Sacred is your name. Set apart is your name. Your name was above every other name. And so when we understand that as we approach God relationally and understand that we're approaching a holy God, it impacts the way we communicate with him. That's the, that's the second step that I have. Recognize and worship who he is. Recognize and worship who he is. And I spent some time this week, I was looking through scripture, uh, how scripture, how the word describes the Lord, how, how there, there, there's different ways that we can experience who God is. And a lot of the time, it pertains to the season we're walking in. And so let me just rattle off uh, some of these expressions of who God is. Here, here's some of the names of God. We just mentioned the first one, Abba Father, Alpha and Omega, meaning God is the beginning and the end, the ancient of days, the one who was present in all past 
and all present and all future, the anointed one, the God who gave you birth. Think about that. The God of all knowledge, the God most high, the everlasting one, the God who sees. I meet with people all the time who feel like nobody sees them. I want you to know, brother, today that we serve a God who loves you and sees you, sees the value in you, loves you because you bear his image. The everlasting one, God Almighty, the creator, the self-existent one, the Lord, my banner, the one who goes before me, the one who covers me, the Lord, my shepherd, the Lord that heals, the Lord, my rock, the Lord of peace, the Lord that is with me, the Lord, my fortress, the Lord of hosts, sovereign, all powers of the universe, the Lord, our righteousness, the Lord, our deliverer, the Lord, our provider. Those are just a handful, the names, the descriptions of our God. We serve a good God. Look at these two passages of scripture. Exodus 3, verse 14 in the Old Testament says this. God said to Moses, this is God speaking now. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Jump to the New Testament, John chapter eight, verse 58. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. The question I have for you today, my friend, which I am or role of God, do you need him to be for you today? I know people right now that are walking through uh, illness and I've prayed with them over the phone that God would reveal himself to them through that describer of peace. Lord, you are my healer. And so just an example of, of a prayer of recognition as we're talking about this step to recognize and worship who he is. Just here, here's one example of a, of a of a prayer of recognition of who God is. God, my world is chaotic. <laughs> How many of you said that in the last six months? God, I feel like my world is turned upside down. I feel like everything around me is chaotic. I don't have the answers. I'm dealing with anxiety. Now here's the recognition. Lord, I acknowledge and I read in your word that your word describes you as the Lord of peace. So I recognize that you are the Lord of peace. Your word says that, Lord, you are my rock. I feel like I'm walking on shifting sand right now. I feel like I'm sinking. But Lord, I recognize that your word says that you are my rock. And so because of that, I can stand on you and your word my rock, my cornerstone. Not only do I recognize that, I worship you for that. So th there's this order as we come to God through prayer. It's the second set. Recognize and worship who he is. Often in prayer, the most important minutes that we spend aren't us saying anything. 
So often it's us quieting our spirits down. Yeah, obviously physically, you want to you set up a place. You want to get into a headspace. Maybe take a walk in the woods where it's quiet physically. But man, more importantly, we've got to quiet our spirits, right? And, 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 and hone into what he's saying. And some of, for me, many of you can relate to this. Those, those are some of the most, those, those are like more important prayer moments than me having something to say, reflecting on who he is. Let's keep going on in this verse as I move along here. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's step three. Pray God's agenda and his desires first. So often we just come right to God. And it's like, Lord, here's my laundry list of what I need. And I'm going to get to that here in a second because we serve a God that, that even wants you to come like that. But there's an order here. Pray God's agenda his desires first. The question is, what, what has God specifically instructed us through his word for us to pray for? Let, let me give you just a couple examples, examples here. Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. Pray for those who persecute you. I don't like this one, by the way. <laughs> like, like, this one's hard. Pray for those that hurt you. Pray for those that have, have brought pain into your life. Here's another, uh, here's, here's another part of his agenda. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. Pray that laborers would be sent. James 5, 13 and 16. Pray for the sick. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, this is God's, this is part of God's agenda right here for you and for me. And, and when we promote this in our prayer time, it gets inside of us and now his agenda becomes our agenda. And my friend, those are the sweet spots of your life, your walk with, with the Lord, when his agenda gets so inside of you that it now in turn becomes your agenda. Your selfishness, JF selfishness, it's, it's moved out of the way and I'm downloaded to the point with his agenda, right, for my life and for the world, it changes everything. It changes the way I see life, how I pray, how I interact with people. This is, this is his agenda right here. and Plus so many other, I'm just giving you a few examples right here. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom. This is his kingdom stuff right here. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Another translation says provided for you. Another trans, translation at the beginning when it says, but seek first, a footnote is continually continually seek first his kingdom. And then after all that, in that order, ask him for what you need. As we move through this prayer, this Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. And that's step four. Ask him for what you need today and trust him to supply it. <clears throat> Question is, why would God do it that way? Why just for today? And the answer to that is because when we start dwelling on what might come tomorrow, that's when fear and anxiety enter in. Okay. Now, we've been talking about it a lot. This, this has been a very strange, rough season. And I know as we move into the fall season, especially you parents, uh, you're trying to figure out your children's education. And my wife's sitting here, and we had another conversation about that last night. 
Uh, we're going for a drive this afternoon. That's probably what we're going to be talking about. What does it look like for our kids? And we really don't have the answer right now. And so because we don't have the answer, uh, we're, we've put everything on the table. But let's be honest, we really don't know what's going to happen in four weeks. We really don't know what's gonna, what November is going to look like, what January is going to look like, what tomorrow's going to look like. And it's always been that way. But it's been like hyper, like, like we've experienced this daily bread thing during this season on a whole nother level, like Bishop Jake says, right? Like whole nother level, right? Every one of you watching, like let's be honest, you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, when, and when, you're, when you're always focused on tomorrow, that's when the fear, that's when the anxiety creeps in and it can keep you up all night long. And so Jesus, knowing that, he says to his disciples, you and me, he says, pray that God would provide for two day and rest in knowing that he's got you tomorrow. Easier said than done. JF, easier said than done. I'm telling you, right? But this is, this is, these are kingdom principles. These aren't American principles, okay? This is, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is counterculture thinking. This is, this is, this is coming from Jesus' mouth. And, and man, it isn't easy stuff. He created the universe to work in and through us to change the world. And he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants you to want and need him every single day. Man, I could spend a long time talking about my kids and knowing how helpless they are <laughs> without my daily provision. Now, God doesn't want you to approach him necessarily like that but he wants you to be so humble and understanding that he holds it all. And that he's a father that, that, that wants you to approach him like my, like my, like, like my six-year-old does, right? That's the type of relationship. Let's move along here. We're gonna pray here in a second. Matthew 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Another translation I mentioned earlier. And forgive us our transgressions. Forgive us our mistakes, our sin as we forgive the people that do that to us, right? That's the fifth step. Get your heart right with God and with people. The only thing that can keep you from being forgiven by God is your willingness to forgive others. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow because I know some of you watching right now, you, you, you've been betrayed. You've been, a, you've been sexually abused. Uh, you, you, you were left. Maybe a parent walked out of you when you were little. You never saw him again. And you carry that, oh, that thing, man. When you think about that person who hurt you, who betrayed you, who did you wrong, I know, I know good men and women with good heart, and they love the Lord. And, and, they, and, and something went sideways with a, in a relationship. Maybe it was a, it was a business deal. And, and every day they've got to like lay that before. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, I understand. I'm with you. I have people that have treated me the same way. And every morning 
I can either choose to carry, pick that thing up and carry it. I promise you, the people aren't, they aren't they're not carrying that thing, right? Or, or, you, can, or you can lay it down. You can, you can, you can do what the, the Lord says and, and let it go. It's confirmed in Matthew 6. For if you forgive others of their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's move along in that prayer. Two more thoughts. The band can come back now. I'm going to pray here in a second. Verse 13 of Matthew 6. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Another translation says, or the evil one. And that's my sixth step. And that is acknowledge spiritual warfare and pray for specific protection. Acknowledge that this stuff is real. All right? And and pray for specific protection. All right? Ephesians 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. The question is, what are the areas of weakness in this season of your life? What clear guidance do you need from the Lord to keep you safe? Just, just, just chew on that. There, 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 I talk about seasons. Scripture is clear. <laughs> seasons. The Jewish calendar. Seasons. Uh, moving into fall. Seasons. But there's seasons of your life too. Some of you are young parents. Um, and this is a season that you'll never, you, you won't experience again in 10 years, right? You have to understand what season you're in, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you're in, in, in the very beginning stages of recovery, and, and so you're in a season of vulnerability, right? And so you're, you're going to have to pray specifically for these areas that you're, that you, that, that you, that you're weak in and understand that there's a, there's, a, there's a spiritual war taking place right now. And so Jesus is, is saying, acknowledge the reality of spiritual warfare and then pray for, for specific protection. Here's my last thought, and then we're going to pray. Jesus goes on in that second part. He says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. That's the seventh step. That is express faith in God's willingness and ability. Express faith in God's willingness and ability. God for yours is the kingdom. It's all about you, God. I, I have faith in who you say you are. I've read about. I've seen. I, I've read about the power that you exude throughout the Old Testament. But not. I, so I acknowledge that, and I, I, I've seen what you've done for your children. But I also have experienced that same power that raised Christ from the dead in my own life. I recognize that. I acknowledge that and I take it a step further and I pray that I will continue to have faith for the future that, that, that you're able to do that. Now, 
This is the model that Jesus gave you. Man, I could, we could go hours on this. I, this. I blew through this thing. But I wanted to give you an outline so when you approach tomorrow, this afternoon, right? When you get off this, this, uh, uh, this, this live stream right now, and you're going to spend some time maybe with your, I know there's a lot of people that have Zoom groups and small groups that meet after our, ga- our online gatherings and they discuss what, was presented today, and some of you are going to apply this model to your prayer time. I'm telling you, praying doesn't have to be this overwhelming, scary thing. You can apply. You can apply every area of this. And I, and I love this last verse, and I'm going to pray for every one of you, and that is 1 John 5, 14, and 15. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, let me say that again, because sometimes we blow through words. If we ask anything according to, not my will, but his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Here's where my biggest battle remains, this last step. This is constantly and actively trusting God fully whether my prayers are answered in the way I wanted or not. And at the end of the day, it's about your kingdom. It's about your power. It's about your glory. Some, some of you have been praying for something specifically for a long time and you haven't seen that prayer answered the way you feel like it needs to be answered. And let me just stop right there. We have to trust in God's providential timing. You say, what in the world? Providential time. All I simply mean by that, we, we have to have trust that his clock is better than our clock, that that his timing is perfect and ours isn't, that the reason why it hasn't maybe come to fruition yet in the way that you've hoped it has is because he's up to something else. He's outside of time and space. He's doing things that we, we can't even begin to wrap our minds around, right? Now, I don't, I don't say that generically or I don't say it lightly. It's, it's not a pawn off. I know some of you have like, you've been praying for something for so long and you're like, I love the blueprint, Pastor, but man, I've been praying for this thing for years and I just had, I haven't seen God answer it, answer it yet. And I talk to people about this topic all the time and the reality is that we serve a God who lives outside of time and space. We serve a God that has perfect timing. We serve a God that knows things that are coming down the pike way before we do. He knows all of the moving parts that we will never know. Scripture is clear that he's a God of mystery, a God of wonder. And as we stand on this place called planet Earth, the way he responds, because he's always responding. He's always answering prayer. 
we have to understand that we are eternal beings, that we might not see it exactly the way that we hope to have seen it play out in this lifetime on this earth. But I'm telling you, it'll be very clear when we get to heaven where we're going to spend eternity with him. So today I know that there's a lot of people that are watching right now that are dealing with real suffering, real pain, real sickness, real fear, real mental health issues, real addiction issues, real broken relationship issues, and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like, I don't see how this can ever, ever get better. I want you to know. If you have no one else's word to take for it, take mine. I've, I've seen the most, uh, some of the, the darkest, in my opinion, unfixable, broken scenarios. I'm talking like deathbed stuff. If we're talking about sickness. I'm talking about marriages that uh, my flesh, I, I didn't even want to have a conversation because it was like, I'm wasting my time. God restored that relationship. I, I, I'm telling you, uh, uh, financial stuff, I wish I had more time. When it comes to finances, this is a different part of, of walking with the Lord, man. You talk about, tr- if, if you trust God with your, with your money, he, I've just, the, the real, some of the, real, the most real miracles, tangible miracles I've ever seen came through this area of trusting God with finances. For, for other people that I'm connected to, my own life, I want to pray for you today as we close this service, as we're talking about prayer, as we move into this fall season of uncertainty. I mean, just this week alone, Pastor Ashley mentioned it. You talk about a dark week in America. You talk about people that are hurting in America this week. My God, what's next week gonna look like? I can't worry about next week. I gotta pray for today. I gotta pray that, that God would continue to have his way, right? So right now, I, I, wanna, I wanna pray for you. And maybe you're watching first before. I, I wanna pray two prayers. The first one is for those that are watching and you say, pastor, pray for me. I, man, this is the week. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I thought I had it all together. And this week happened. That's com- compounded on every week before that. And I, I can't do it on my own anymore. I, I, I need God in my life. I, I've, been, I've, like, I've been white knuckling it this entire season. And I'm desperate. I've got all kinds of issues going on in my life. And I need Jesus. I, need Je- I, I, I'm, I feel hopeless. I'm afraid. I, I don't know what to do. If that's you, my friend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And when I pray, I want you to just ask the Lord to come into your life. And, and I would even encourage you, ask him to reveal himself to you in his way. Man, some of the conversations I've had with people about how God revealed himself to them, some of the most, biz- almost like bizarre situations where, you know, I, I could get all into it, but just di- like, wow, that's, that's how you met God? Most of the time, it's not in a, a big church auditorium like this. A lot of times it's through conversation and a relationship with somebody else. My prayer is that even in this moment that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself to you wherever you're at. Maybe, you're, maybe you work at Costco and you're in, I know that break room. I know exactly where it's at. And maybe you're in a situation like that and you work for 
a warehouse, or maybe, maybe you're one of our first responders, you're a nurse, or you're a doctor, and you're on a shift, and you're in your office, wherever you're at, in your man cave, sitting around the breakfast table with your kids, you don't have to make a big spectacle. Just pray a prayer like this, Lord, I need you right now. God, I feel lost. God, I'm afraid. God, this season has run me into the ground. I see what's happening on TV. I, I, I see what's happening with injustice in our world. I see the pain. And I'm so affected by it. God, I need you to bring me peace and comfort. I need you in my life. If that's you just right now, Lord, come into my life. I believe. I believe in who you are, Son of God, the Messiah to the world, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose from the grave, meaning you came back to life, and now that you're, you're alive. And God, I just, I give you my life in Jesus' name. And one, one more prayer, and we're gonna close. If you're watching right now, and you say, Pastor J.F., this, this prayer thing has, uh, has been almost non-existent in my life. And not, not from a bad place, not a bad intention of like, I don't want to do it. For other reasons. Maybe, maybe it's like, I don't know how to do it. Or it feels overwhelming. It feels like I'm just talking into the, into the air or whatever. And, and, and would you pray for me? Because I, I'm going to apply this blueprint that not you gave me, what Jesus gave me, right? I'm going to begin to apply that to my prayers starting today. Let, let me just pray for you. God, I just pray for my friend right now watching online. The very fact that they've flipped open Facebook, the very, very fact that they're on their, their YouTube app, right? In their, in their living room, just, just, just watching, uh, express it, communicates a, a, a want for more, more of you. And so God, I, I pray even today, Lord God, that this idea of talking to you wouldn't be some weird religious dogma. God, that it would, it would be like talking to their very best friend. And we thank you that that's your desire, that you want to be in relationship with us. You want to be our very best friend. You want, you want to be very intimate with us. You want to talk to us, express yourself to us. God, I thank you for that. So I, I pray, Lord God, that even right now, my friends would take this model right here, your blueprint, for how you want us to talk to you. It's just an amazing thought. God, I pray right now that they would take this and begin to apply this to prayer. And God, as we come back next week, as we talk about this next level, <laughs> this next level of our spiritual disciplines that, that you have for us, this area of fasting. God, I pray even between now as they're praying with you, as they, as they type the word fasting into Google, they, they, they might know more about it before we even get to Sunday. God, I pray that you would even talk to them about what that looks like as we move into this fall season, this 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, I humble myself. Uh, the Church for All Nations, our eldership, our leader, we humble ourselves. We don't have all the answers, but we know you have all the answers. God, we, for our church, we wanna do what you have for us. We call on you. We throw out our agenda and, 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 and our ways and, and, you know, all of those, and we, we, want, we want to hear from you as we move into this season, God. Keep us unified. Keep us unified right now, Jesus. God, I pray that our conversations would be through the lens of love and preference for each other, Lord God. 
that we, would, that we would be intentional with refraining from hurting our brother and sister through our words, through what we post on social media, Lord God. I pray that before we open our mouth or, or type on our little smartphone, I pray, Lord God, that we would ask ourselves, does this bless? Does this bless? Does it build up? Your word talks about building others up as followers of Jesus. Am I, am I about to do that? God, I pray that for, my, for me. Because God, I know that without you, I am broken I say things, I, I, I react. Lord God, I pray, I rebuke my flesh in Jesus' name. And that's what fasting is all about. I look forward. I look forward to hearing what you have for me, for our church, as we enter into this 21 days, starting September 8th. We give you all the praise, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.